Welcome to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Aberly. Before we begin the show, I must give a big-time disclaimer on this. So if you've got young children, get them out of the room. This is an adult program. We will be talking about the female orgasm. Uh, this will be done very classy. We've got a great woman on, Tallulah Sulias. Sorry about that, Tallulah. She is a beautiful young woman who is very much in touch with her sexuality. And I think everyone's going to enjoy this. I know I will, because especially men out there, you're definitely going to learn some lessons here. And the women, you're going to learn how to give yourself the ultimate pleasure. Tallulah, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's start from the beginning with, with yourself. Now, you, you went to college at uh, Sarah Lawrence. Uh, what was your major? Uh, I studied anthropology and creative writing. Okay. Now... You get this, you get your degree, and all of a sudden you find yourself out here, out there in San Francisco, correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. You're doing kind of different jobs. I, I read you're doing, uh, you're like, a, I wouldn't say a waitress, but you're like a, a cocktail person at different clubs and so forth. How do you get involved with teaching women how to ejaculate? <laughs> I mean, it, it goes, I mean, you're going from one extreme to the next. And like I said, I think it's cool, but you, you got to kind of you know uh, bridge the gap for us here. Yes. Well, it was an interesting journey, to say the least. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, originally being in my early twenties was when I came out to San Francisco after being in New York right after I graduated, and it was just a time of trying to find myself too, and to really figure out what I wanted to do. I knew that I had passion and wisdom and things to share. I just didn't know exactly how that was going to look or where to channel my gifts. So I ended up waitressing and just trying to find any work that I could right when I came out to San Francisco. And simultaneously, I had just started a relationship with someone that we had amazing chemistry and beautiful connection. And there was this whole feeling that I was experiencing a sexual awakening and I didn't really know exactly what was happening or back then I probably wouldn't have called it a sexual awakening but now I can look back and, and see that that's what was occurring and happening for me and my partner at the time he said to me randomly one evening he said you know I think you can ejaculate okay. <laughs> and in the back of my mind I thought mm, this has got to be some kind of parlor trick or circus act of some sort and but part of me felt excited and curious, and, and sure thing, the next time we were intimate, he was stimulating my G-spot, and then the next thing I knew, I ejaculated a tiny little bit. Part of me just surrendered in a deeper way. And he was like, there, you just did it. That was, that was it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. And I was curious about why I also didn't really know much about it. And I thought, if I could do this, then I'm sure many other women could do this, if not every other woman. And why is this information being suppressed and hidden from us? So simultaneously, he was in film school. And he said, you know, you really seem excited about this topic. Why don't we make a film about it? And that way you can share your discoveries with the world. And I was, you know, not necessarily that empowered to to make a film or feeling like an expert. So on my journey to make this film... I, you know, started studying with the experts and the pioneers in the field and learning very quickly that San Francisco was the mecca of sex education and progressive thinking and um, openness about 
about sexuality, and yet still, during that time, female ejaculation was such a remote subject that it was still very kept under wraps, and it was such a remote thing that most people, if you brought it up in a conversation, would really not know what you were talking about. So I, I was on this mission from an activistic standpoint, and I started teaching workshops and, and working with people and counseling people and taking classes myself, and I ended up finishing the film and realizing that this was a huge passion that I had, and I wanted to share it with the world. So. Long story short, it led, you know, eight years later to being the sex educator and working with people on different levels and getting the word out as much as I possibly could about this phenomenon of women's sexuality, this birthright that we have. I like that. You, you had to get the word out. Did you know anything prior to, uh, to your uh, intimate experience with your boyfriend of what uh, female ejaculation was about? No, I really had no clue. And so it was this natural experience in my body and partly my partner having some experience with it that helped me just awaken into it. Um, and I, I had a very natural experience with it myself, and, but I also just really became like this mad scientist trying to work with myself to really understand it from a very deep physiological, spiritual, mental, and emotional level so I could help other people have that experience. So from a partner perspective as well as a personal perspective for women too. What is exactly uh, female ejaculation? What is it that is produced that is able to, uh, for a woman to ejaculate like a man does? Well, it's actually prostatic fluid, which is kind of a shocker for some people to hear that because then it, if it's prosthetic fluid, that would mean that women have a prostate. And we, we actually do have a prostate, and it's, you know, often referred to as the G-spot. So the G-spot is the female prostate, and it produces prostatic fluid. And it's a clear fluid. It's, it's just a clear, water, watery fluid. Uh, so it's not thick, you know, or anything like that. Um, and it also just has several of the same uh, components as male ejaculate except without the semen. So there are some similarities in terms of the fluid. So this is the fluid that's released from the urethra, and it could be during an orgasm or separate from an orgasm, too. Or it could be orgasmic in and of itself. How do you mean by separate? Well, you can uh, ejaculate with an orgasm, or sometimes the fluid can be released separate of an orgasm when a woman is bearing down and pushing out or releasing the fluid when enough fluid starts to, to build up. So it can be released uh, voluntarily, and it also can be released involuntarily as well. So it doesn't necessarily have to accompany, you know, a genital orgasm in order to occur or happen. How much does uh, ejaculate come out? Um, I know it varies from different women, women to different women, but, but give us the, the, the kind of the scope of it. Well, it has a varied scope, uh, which is what is so amazing about female ejaculation is that it has so many different types of expressions and feels so differently uh, from one woman to the next in one experience. So it could be just a few droplets to the point where a woman doesn't even know she's ejaculating. In fact, many women are ejaculating they're just not necessarily realizing that's what hap is what's happening because they don't have a reference point or knowledge of this experience. They just think, oh, 
there's a wet spot on the bed. I must have just gotten really wet. <laughs> and oftentimes, if there is a wet spot on the bed, it's usually because of ejaculation. So it could be just a few drops. And it's some, an experience where it's just not even felt or acknowledged or known about to a, a full-on uh, bedwetting, <laughs> you know, explosive yeah. gushing kind of experience. So it can be just a drop, a drizzle, a spurt or a squirt or a gush geyser yeah, explosive yeah. experience. So it can it can have various uh, forms of, of expression. It can be airborne or it could just kind of drizzle out discreetly. So it doesn't necessarily have to be airborne to be considered ejaculation, which often is a misconception about it. So, well, we so women that, will Yeah, we see that in pornography. Yeah, and so a lot of women will compare themselves to what they see in pornography, or men will too, and then they'll say, well, you know, I, I do, like, there is some, some liquid there, but it's not, you know, projectile, so therefore I, I know I'm not ejaculating. And I'm like, no, nope, you absolutely are ejaculated. It has many forms. So really acknowledging the various forms really expands the experience to many women realizing, oh, I have been ejaculating this whole time. I just thought it was something else, or I just assumed it was, you know, this, that, or another thing. So it really is amazing to know that, that many women are already ejaculating. Give us some of the myths that uh, surround uh, female ejaculation. Well, I think um, the biggest myth is that uh, it's urine and that it's pee because it comes out of the urethra. Oftentimes, it can even feel a little bit like you're peeing. <clears throat> so, it, you know, and because of the, you know, it's very liquidy, and there's no other reference point or understanding of what it is, <clears throat> excuse me, there is this feeling that uh, it has to be pee. So that's the biggest misconception. Uh, from women thinking it's, that they just peed to their partners thinking, did you just pee? And, you know, after yeah. a woman has this explosive, amazing experience, um, then immediately her partner might question her and say, well, did you just pee on me? <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's all this shame now. So that's really one of the biggest misconceptions that I really, really, really feel strongly that this information needs to get out there because there is a lot of shame and holding back that happens because of that, that common association. So I would say that that's the, the number one myth and misconception. Another one is that, you know, only it's a, that it is a circus trick or a parlor trick, if you will. That is something that is some kind of freakish thing that, you know, only a porn actress would be able to do, when in actuality, all women are producing ejaculate, all women have the anatomy, uh, we all have the anatomy that goes into ejaculation, we all have our prostate, so we're all capable of this experience. Now, whether or not we're actually, you know, ejaculating or releasing it is, you know, there's a lot of factors involved with that. And the number one being just not having access to information or really knowing that it's possible or knowing what it is. So well, I say that those are two big misconceptions. Well, in doing my research, uh, which was not difficult to do, I understand, <laughs> I understand, and we, you and I have talked off the air, so we've had some really good conversations. Mm -hmm. in, in, in this, going back in history, uh, female ejaculation has been discussed really since recorded time. Uh, you can go back and, and, and research that and find out, you know, that the Romans and the Greeks and the Indians and whoever else knew about this phenomenon. It was passed on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, this, since women have been sexual beings since the dawn of time, we've been ejaculating. 
Now, what I really feel like has happened was that, yes, there was knowledge of this experience occurring in ancient times uh, and, and actually a reverence for it, too, that there was a sacred component and it was, it was worshipped. It was something that was uh, seen as a very sacred water that was in the temple. And I think what ended up happening over time is that this, as women's sexuality became more and more suppressed and repressed and oppressed, uh, what ended up happening was information about this experience then became concealed and hidden and uh, pretty much just completely um, concealed to the point because it was so it was seen as threatening and it was seen as this wild expression of women's sexuality that was very 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 threatening. So that's why this information is now you know yeah. just now coming coming out to the surface. I mean, at first it was like a discovery that women had a clitoris, that women had a G-spot, that women were orgasmic, yeah. and now it's a discovery, oh, and women can ejaculate. So it's like, wow, this is this is just considered recent information, even though women have been ejaculating forever, but we're just now getting to the point yeah. where this information is more readily available. And there's still a lot of mystery around it and a lot of scientific studies that are still being conducted about this phenomenon of women's sexuality. Well, I've always said women have the capacity to, to enjoy sex far greater than men do. It's just something that they have to work on with their partner or by themselves. I want to step back for a second. I do have a question. We were talking about uh, ejaculate that, that kind of shoots out. Um, I've seen some of this, and I'm wondering, doesn't the person become dehydrated or something? In some cases, there's a lot. Yeah, and and yes, uh, you can definitely get dehydrated, <laughs> and and sometimes you once you really start working with female ejaculation, you can understand when you're more ejac when you're more dehydrated than other times. I definitely recommend to be well hydrated. Keep like a bottle of water next to the yeah. bed. Um, that's probably the only adverse experience that you could probably have uh, with ejaculating is. <clears throat> um, this process of just feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm a little bit more dehydrated, but you're not. It's amazing how much fluid can be released. And there's this feeling, too, of like, where is all this coming from? <laughs> and, and it's just amazing how women can not only, it's not like women ejaculate just one time, too. Some women, that's how it is. But women can actually ejaculate over and over and over again. Multi-orgasmic. And it's multi, yeah, with mul multiple orgasms, multiple ejaculations, and they actually want to keep going. There's this feeling like there's more, and you want to keep going and going and going, which is, which is something that women also, through this experience, learn to open up into. So they go from really feeling like, oh, I only deserve this small amount of pleasure, to really embracing and feeling empowered and, and understanding that they do have unlimited sexual potential, and it's very, very, very powerful. So we can have multiple orgasms and have these great gushing experiences of our sexuality that are explosive and wild and untamed and even emotional, and that can be really powerful to really step into that. Got to love it. Tallulah, we're going to move into a break. Before we do that, I want you to give us your website and the different things that you're associated with to teach women. Sure. My website is squirtshops.com. And that's, that's my main website to find out about my upcoming events and activities and workshops that I'm teaching. 
Excellent, excellent. We're going to roll into a break right now. We're talking to Tallulah to Solis. We are talking about female ejaculation. This is an adult program. We'll be back in a few moments. Hi, I'm Terry Ritchie from Advent Nutrition, and I'm inviting you to listen to WCHE's premier nutritional information show, Mission Nutrition. Tune in every Tuesday afternoon from 4 to 4.30. I'll be discussing the most current research findings and therapies available in all areas of health, from how to lose weight and keep it off to managing a host of other medical conditions, from insulin resistance to heart disease, fibromyalgia to osteoporosis, autoimmune disease, menopause, cancer support, and more. So please join me. I'll introduce you to special guests, great programs, and an open line every week so you can call in and ask questions to get and keep you feeling fit, happy, and healthy. So tune in every Tuesday from 4 to 4.30, right here on 1520 AM WCHE Westchester. Remember, your health is your responsibility. So let's take charge of it together. Matt Lombardo, passionate, opinionated, and the voice of the Philadelphia fans. This team now has been forced to a year ago and will continue in my mind to have to win a lot of baseball games one to nothing, two to one, three to two. Not producing a lot of runs, but rather winning with the arm. Catch the Matt Lombardo Show weekdays at 2 on 1520 WCHE. For a lighthearted look at issues affecting seniors, the baby boom generation and their families, including finances, care, the law, and decisions the over 50 generation face every day, tune into WCHE's 50 Plus Planning Ahead. The show is co-hosted by elder law attorney Janet Colleton and Phil McFadden, co-owner of Home Instead Senior Care. 50 Plus Planning Ahead airs Wednesday afternoons at 4.30 p.m. Janet and Phil will be joined by guests who will discuss what we do when we get older and how to assist our parents with their needs. So tune in Wednesdays at 4.30 p.m. for 50 Plus Planning Ahead on your home for local news, talk, sports, and entertainment, WCHE, 1520 AM. For no-nonsense news talk, check out the Raphael Report weekdays at 1 o'clock. WCHE News Director Mike Raphael hosts the hardest-hitting hour in talk radio. Mike puts the heat on the top newsmakers with fast-paced, probing interviews. If it's in the news, it's on the Raphael Report. Tune in at 1 o'clock weekdays for the Raphael Report right here on 1520 WCHE. Let's make love tonight. I love that song. That goes back to when I was uh, in high school. I think I was in ninth grade. We are talking to Tallulah Solis. The show you are listening to is Life Unedited. Big disclaimer here. If you have young children in the room or you might be somewhat offended because we're going to be talking about female ejaculation, you should turn the, turn the radio off, turn off the Internet, and go about your day. But I'm going to tell you right now, Tallulah is doing this topic with great grace and with uh, complete understanding that this is not a pornographic type situation. She is teaching lessons here, and I want people to under understand that. This in no way is, is porn. This is a woman teaching other women how to experience the core of themselves. Tallulah, we're back. Mm, thank you so much. No problem. Let's, let's kind of roll into the next thing here. 
different types of orgasms for women. Now, uh, what I understand, what I know, you talk in, you know, talking clitoral, G spot, the U spot, and the A spot. Can you kind of, and a blended type that goes along with the female ejaculation. Can you kind of take me from there? Yeah, in fact, you, you, you hit on many of them. And I think it's just even another myth that women just have clitoral orgasms. So a lot of people, they just think women have clitoral orgasms and that's the type of orgasms that they have. And yes, there's like blended orgasms. A lot of people don't know that women can have urethral orgasms or like you said, U-spot orgasms or cervical orgasms um, or deep spot orgasms or even anal orgasms too. There's all different types of orgasms that women can have, including ejaculatory orgasms too. So there is all of these various different types of orgasms. So once you just realize that there's more than just the clitoral orgasm, it's like, wow, I want to experience some of those. Yeah. Or I want to really, I didn't know my body was capable of having these multiple, you know, multiple ejaculatory orgasms and from different places too. So I really encourage women first to start with themselves to really just start exploring and I encourage women to self-pleasure as well to really understand their own experience in their body and that way they can also bring that in partnership too once they have more of a deeper understanding once they start experimenting and getting different toys and getting the hand mirror out too and identifying all the different parts and, and really just making making their their genitals more of a familiar place instead of this kind of strange, you know, fragmented place where there's like a lot of uh, separation between us and our genitals oftentimes and, and there's this feeling of shame or body image issues that will come up oftentimes for women once they get out the hand mirror or really start you know, exploring these areas. So, Lil, I hate to cut you off. We're going to have to, we got a, we got a tech problem, and we're going to fix this real quick. And can we call you back within, like, the next two minutes? Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. Roll into the break there. Brynn, there we go. How many of you love to read? That's great, because there's a new show on WCHE called The Avid Reader, hosted by Sam Hankin. Mr. Hankin owns the Wellington Square Bookshop in Exton, and it's been named the best independent bookstore by the Mainline Today editors, featured on the cover of Chester County Life magazine, a featured article in the Daily Local News, and Sam Hankin has one of the most breathtaking bookstores in all of Chester County. Well, fortunately for all of us avid readers, Sam Hankin will be reviewing some of the best-selling books and authors during his show on Mondays at 4.30, right here on 1520 WCHE Radio. So tune in and call in Mondays at 4.30 for the Avid Reader Show, hosted by the owner and operator of the Wellington Square Bookshop, Sam Hankin. Welcome back to Life Unedited. Sorry we had to cut off there for a moment. We're having some technical problems, but we are back. Quick disclaimer, this is an adult program. If you don't want to hear it or your kids are around, please turn it off. We are talking to Tallulah Solis. We are talking about female ejaculation. And Tallulah, we kind of left with the different types of orgasms. What I want to touch on now is what does it feel like for a woman to ejaculate? Is it a full body type of orgasm? Yeah, it can, it can be. Um, it can be a very cathartic experience, so it can be a very emotional experience. 
it can feel um, like a, a very special type of high. <laughs> that it's, and there's something about the tangibility of it, that it's right there. You can see it. You can feel it. Um, all your senses can awaken into it. So there's this tangible expression of it that oftentimes it can feel really exciting and rewarding to have that, that tangible expression of our pleasure and our sexuality. So for many women, it feels like a total high. It can feel like this deeper release, just kind of like, ah. Oh. <laughs> so it can, it can feel like a melting into it, or it can feel more explosive and powerful. So it can have many different expressions and feelings, but it feels amazing, and it's I, I, something that is really exciting. To really find the, the core of your body and, and exactly what it can do is a special thing, as I said before, and I'll say it again, women have the potential to enjoy sex and orgasms far greater than men ever will and uh, I definitely feel jealous about that to be honest with you <laughs> you guys you guys got it all just it's just you kind of discover it. it's kind of like I guess going through a cave or something and learning what this works what that works how we can do this I guess my next question would be for the men and women out there how do you discover your g-spot and what different ways would you go about discovering it well, you actually oftentimes there's another misconception is that not all women have these spots or that they're really deep within the vaginal canal and actually they're right there. It's right near the vaginal opening. And if you're looking at the vaginal opening as, as a clock, it would be right at 12 o'clock, right near the vaginal opening. And it's connected to the, the, the urethra. So it's like a urethral sponge. So you're looking for something that has spun, that's like a spongy mound with ridges and it even has like little kind of like gutters that run along either side of it. And it's best to look for it when, when she's already very aroused. And it's because it actually gets engorged and has erectile tissue. So it actually goes from maybe being very small and you know a little bit hard to feel to this big ballooning out of the G-spot when she's more aroused. So I definitely recommend just going up, putting your fingers in in the come hither motion to really feel for this spongy mound with ridges. It's now, right there. And now when you're you looking at a, a 12 to 2 type of 12 p.m. to 2 o'clock type way of finding a G-spot and uh, stimulating it? Yeah, okay. and it, it should be just right there. And like I said, you don't go too far back because it can be right near the vaginal opening. In fact, to the point where if a woman goes out and pushes out, oftentimes she can see her G-spot emerge if she has the hand mirror out. Now, how important, you know, the, your PC muscles, women's PC muscles, can you go into a little bit about what it takes uh, to learn how to ejaculate uh, and what kind of muscles you might have to develop that are down there? Well, the, the good news is, is that pelvic floor or PC muscles are actually very easy to, um, to exercise and strengthen in a very short amount of time. Just simply, you can do this right now, actually, as you're listening, and men can do this, too, because we have this whole uh, different tiers of muscles. So the ones that start and stop the flow of urine you're going to be using when you're ejaculating, and oftentimes, instead of squeezing in, you're going to be bearing down and pushing out. So women who have given birth oftentimes are very familiar with these muscles yeah. and the bearing down and pushing out. So just practicing squeezing them. Um, and you can do it while you're on the phone, while you're listening to this, while you're in the car. Nobody has to know. And if you just kind of pay attention and tune into those muscles, some women have overly tense muscles or some women have very weak muscles. So, you know, finding out what is the state of 
those muscles and really act, once you activate them and, and learn how to work with them and start squeezing them and releasing um, and, and practicing bearing down and pushing out, what you're going to find is that you have a whole new experience of your sexuality. And it actually, these are the muscles that pump orgasmic energy through the body as well. So oftentimes when you start working these muscles, you have enhanced sensation during intercourse and more powerful orgasms, more orgasms, and then that leads into ejaculatory orgasms too. Now you have to, be, I know you believe in it, and I believe as well, that intimacy, that, that uh, touching of a man and a woman, or even woman to woman, you, it brings on, the orgasm itself, uh, ejaculate, brings a, a sexual healing, as you have said. It brings two people closer together, and the woman finds herself. Mm-hmm. Could you kind of, you know, you know, give that way it happens, because I know the women out there are probably really curious at this point, how do we get to this level? Yes, in fact, most people's association with female ejaculation is often through porn. And therefore, the, there's often this feeling like, it's, yeah, it's like a circusy porn act. When actuality, it can be a very sacred, beautiful, connective experience that brings greater intimacy uh, between two people. And partly because it's a vulnerable experience. It can be very vulnerable, it can be very emotional. And when you start working with the G-spot, that can bring up a lot of emotional energy and lead into a very healing experience. So this, just through the nature of this being a more vulnerable, possibly emotional experience, you're, you're enhancing the intimacy level. So as her partner, when you create a feeling of safety and the more surrendered she can be and vulnerable, the higher her sexual energy can go. So oftentimes women need encouragement and they need permission to be able to really let go and release and be vulnerable and a lot of women have this fear of making a mess as well. So the more, as her partner, we can encourage her to, to really just let go and surrender and be emotional she needs to and hold space, which is just a phrase that might be unfamiliar to some people. But it's basically just holding space and pretty much just being non-judgmental um, and really being open and emotionally present if she's having an emotional experience and helping her to let go even deeper and to really give her permission to to take on more sexual energy and pleasure. So this this can be so connected and beautiful and to share her, you know, her feminine waters in this context really does enhance intimacy in a deep way. Tell us how a woman can uh, learn to discover her G-spot on her own. Would you use uh, adult toys, vibrators and such, or would you use your own fingers? How would you go about doing this? Because women still have an embarrassment to some degree about their genitalia. Yes, and there's, and like I said, there's this, excuse me, this estrangement from our genitals, which is really sad, you know, and it often leads to women feeling like, you know, they smell bad, they look strange, you know, these body image issues really get in the way of us really being able to surrender into our sexuality. So I definitely, like I said, highly recommend that all women, whether they're in a relationship or not, excuse me, are self-pleasuring. And I recommend that women find a good G-spot toy that really works well for them. But I definitely recommend first using fingers and manual stimulation to really locate it, to feel the the dimensions of the G-spot, to really explore in a deeper, more intimate way. And then I recommend having a a G-spot toy that's made out of something 
that's a hard material, such as uh, acrylic or glass or steel even, like stainless steel. So there's these great G-spot toys, which really are kind of anchored up towards the G-spot. And then they can have a vibrator handy too. But I recommend starting out just manually and then kind of bringing in the vibrator if, if they would like and a G-spot toy specifically to angle up towards the G-spot, which can be difficult to do with your fingers sometimes. Now, time. Women should give it time. This is an instantaneous type of situation. Maybe they get frustrated. What would you suggest on that level? Yeah, I definitely recommend uh, women's sexuality. Oftentimes, you know, we can be slow cookers, so it takes a while to really get into a highly aroused state. And female ejaculation often takes place when she is in a really surrendered, really aroused state because the fluid needs a chance to build up and take its time building up and the tissues getting erect and her whole body experiencing this higher state of arousal. Um, So I definitely recommend just really, instead of feeling like she has to rush or that there's this limited time to really just give the experience a lot of time. And instead of seeing it as kind of like, hurry up, hurry up, or you know, this frustrated kind of experience, which we can have sometimes when we feel pressure to hurry up and have an orgasm or that we're taking too long. Again, with the permission as a partner, you know, just being like, you know, let's really just have this expansive period of time where the phones are turned off, we're, you know, we're not absorbing anything else, we're just really present and really enjoying the journey. So you're not rushing to get to any specific place, you're really just enjoying this, this very prolonged buildup of erotic energy and going on that journey with it and enjoying it every step of the way. I guess that's another thing men have to remember, foreplay, foreplay, foreplay. It is important to the woman, and gentlemen, you should remember that, and uh, you'll probably get rewarded 20 times over if you do. Now, let's get, now you do workshops, and, and, and now, now this part I find very interesting. You do workshops out in San Francisco, and I know you've traveled to do workshops. I saw your website, Paris, different places, New York City, you name it. What is a workshop with Tallulah Solis, what goes on in a workshop? What kind of women show up? That's a better question first. What kind of women are coming to your workshop? I would say that women of all ages and many different walks of life uh, come to these workshops um, and are just drawn to the workshops. Women who already are more advanced sexually and some women who are really just starting to explore their sexuality. So I have women from all walks of life and ages come to these workshops uh, with a curiosity. They, they want to learn more. Maybe they've had this one experience and they're just like, I want to do it again. Or they've had this experience with that one partner. When that one partner left, they just had no idea about the experience. So a, a typical workshop would be discovering and learning about anatomy and the mechanics and sort of more technical aspects and then getting into more emotional, spiritual aspects of sexuality and female ejaculation. And in some of my workshops, we have then an experiential portion. And this, this could sound really far out and crazy for some people listening to this, but we okay. do create a very loving space and a very safe space. And so that there's a, for, for example, in all women's workshops, we then have a self-pleasuring portion where all these women are in the room, you know, in their own little kind of nest that they create, uh, self-pleasuring and practicing some of the things that they learned in the workshop. 
And in that context of being with other women, we then get to share what we learned and, and explored and raise our hand and say, help, you know, I don't know where my G-spot is. I would love to know, you know, can, can someone help me with this? I have assistance and people coming around to help women in, you know, the self-pleasuring ceremony um, to explore. And a lot of people think, ah, I, can, I would never... I could never do something like that with other women. But when you really, you know, spend several hours bonding and sharing intimately um, and creating this safe space, it actually feels really liberating. It can feel really amazing and um, and yet very confronting. So, you know, women are at different levels with that. But it's great to have an experiential, you know, workshop where, where women can explore it right then and there because they're just newly getting this information and it's like, okay. <laughs> I'm going to take advantage of this and, and really work with that. And it's really profound what happens in these workshops. Now, you how, how women could get in touch with you outside of San Francisco would be, I know you Skype, uh, do you do phone calls, one-on-one sessions such as that? Yeah, so I do Skype and phone sessions as well for people who are not in the Bay Area and, and can't be in person for a coaching or a counseling session. So I offer, you know... Definitely counseling as part of this work, too, because sexuality, there's a lot of emotional issues that are connected to it. So sometimes a woman will come to me and say, I want to learn to do this, and then we have to sort of back up a little bit and, and, and go deeper into, into her sexual experience, and oftentimes there's some emotional issues that, that you know, need to be addressed first before we even get to these you know, techniques and, and uh, things like that. So oftentimes it's a deeper process of really getting to know and learn about your sexuality that's connected with a lot of intense emotional issues. So I've been trained to really work with some of those to help women um, be more liberated and more empowered and understand where some of these, the shame is coming from or body image issues. And that's what like. I'm going to talk about next if we come back from the break. Women body images, how they feel about themselves. We are talking to Tallulah Salis. She is discussing female ejaculation, plus many other topics about women, different types of orgasm, and so forth. You are listening to Life Unedited. I'm John Averly. We'll be back in a few moments. Hey, everyone. Steven Singer here. Join me Saturdays from 3 to 5 p.m. for Reconstruction, remix music show with yours truly. Futuristic beats of back-in-the-day music, exclusive to WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County, and WCHE1520.com. Hi, I'm Perry Ritchie from Advent Nutrition, and I'm inviting you to listen to WCHE's premier nutritional information show, Mission Nutrition. Tune in every Tuesday afternoon from 4 to 4.30. I'll be discussing the most current research findings and therapies available in all areas of health, from how to lose weight and keep it off to managing a host of other medical conditions, from insulin resistance to heart disease, fibromyalgia to osteoporosis, autoimmune disease, menopause, cancer support, and more. So please join me. I'll introduce you to special guests, great programs, and an open line every week so you can call in and ask questions to get and keep you feeling fit, happy, and healthy. So tune in every Tuesday from 4 to 4.30, right here on 1520 AM WCHE Westchester. Remember, your health is your responsibility, so let's take charge of it together. 
Matt Lombardo, passionate, opinionated, and the voice of the Philadelphia fans. This team now has been forced to a year ago and will continue in my mind to have to win a lot of baseball games one to nothing, two to one, three to two. Not producing a lot of runs, but rather winning with the arm. Catch the Matt Lombardo Show weekdays at 2 on 1520 WCHE. Welcome back to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. Quick disclaimer here. We are talking about women and female ejaculation and many other topics. So if you've got kids or this kind of topic offends you in any way, please turn off the radio and turn off your Internet provider. And we're back right now talking to Tallulah. That's horrible. Tallulah Solis. Tallulah, we left kind of hanging on something here, and I was really wanted to touch on it. Women's images, how they feel about themselves, uh, that's directly connected to their pleasure in sex, and whether they're orgasmic or not in a lot of ways. There are a lot of women out there who are not orgasmic. Can you give us a little bit there, again, getting back to body images? Yes, absolutely. This is probably one of the biggest inhibiting factors for women when it comes to orgasm and receiving pleasure. Because if a woman is worried about her body, um, whether it's specifically her genitals or her entire body, during, you know, during intercourse or some kind of sexual experience, she's not going to be really present and in her body. She's going to be thinking and worrying and the brain and, you know, her mind is going to really be just kind of running the inner self-critic, you know, like, oh, I wonder, you know, if he thinks I'm fat or I wonder if he notices this or I really should lose some weight or, you know, like, you know, this this part of my body I don't really like and there's all this kind of self-critical talk and it's natural. It's, It's definitely something that we all experience. We've all had different insecurities and things come up. Because once we start, you know, working with sexuality, like, these, these things really come to the surface right away. And it's fine to have them, um, but when they really start running the show, that's when it, it can become a concern. And when I say running the show, it means sort of taking over the sexual experience to the point where it's not allowing her to really just let go and, and really not have that self-consciousness. Because also, if she's self-conscious, she's not going to really be able to dive deep into a sexual experience and surrender. So I really encourage women to, to allow that, that inner critic to be there. But the more that we self-love and to really form that connection and feel more empowered in our bodies, the more we're going to be able to just let that be there and not have that run the show. And so then we can surrender more deeply and have these really incredible experiences and know that we deserve more pleasure and we deserve to experience more of that within our bodies. So it can definitely take some work and and really just kind of canceling out a lot of negative messages that we might have given ourselves or gotten from other people when we were younger about our bodies. And really, again, as our partner, the more encouragement and acceptance and um, positive feedback the more we can start to kind of chip away at some of that negative self-imagery. So, Lula, can um, you give us your website and way to contact you out there in San Fran? Yes, my website is squirtshops.com, and that's the best way to, to find me and contact me. And I definitely recommend people sending me letters all the time and emails and just letting me know about your experiences. Um, and, and if you have any questions, too, I definitely want to be available 
as a resource for people who have questions about this. Now, you make DVDs as well, correct? Yes. So you're, you're, you're showing women through these DVDs with class. This is not pornography. You're showing it in a, in a process of educational type of information. Could you kind of walk us through one of your DVDs? Yes. Um, one of the, the DVD that actually inspired me to really become a sex educator and get more involved with this work is a film I made called Divine Nectar, A Guide to Female Ejaculation. And this is a comprehensive film. It has step-by-step instructions. It has a very spiritual approach, um, an artistic one as well. It's, it's a film that um, really just takes us on like this whole journey into women's sexuality. So there's women and their partners demonstrating this as well as being interviewed and talking about their own personal experiences. And then I am sort of like a guide throughout the video uh, giving instructional information for people who want more step-by-step information. So there's, it's a very holistic film about the subject. I'm sorry, I want to tell the women out there that 98% of the men that you are you know, involved with, 90% of the time, they don't care about your body in the way you think they are. We're not obsessing about it. We're just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Trust me on that one. You're, you're not sitting there going, my God, this is wrong and that's wrong. Trust me, you're there, a man is just happy to be there with you and he's not going to judge you. And I can guarantee it's 98% of the time. Yeah. That, I can def- that I can definitely guarantee mm-hmm. without yeah. any problem. Now, kind of on a side note, um, men, uh, the male G-spot, that would be the prostate? Yeah. And the kind of pleasure associated with that. Men are freaked out by anything going on down there. Can you explain a little bit? I know it's not your true type of expertise, but I do believe you have some knowledge in it. Well, yes, I definitely recommend. There's, there's a lot that men can be exploring about their sexuality just like women. And this is a really powerful lost piece of men's sexuality as well. The fact that men have a G-spot and it's the male prostate and and men can have these incredible orgasmic experiences and even multi-orgasmic experiences as well and also just that men don't necessarily have to have an orgasm with ejaculation too there's all sorts of things that men can really start to explore and enhance and the male g-spot you can most easily access you know by going inside of the anus um, and again doing this come hither motion and, and finding the prostate Uh, which can be so pleasurable, but because of all these taboos and stigmas and connection uh, with homosexuality, uh, that men are like, oh, I I must be gay if I enjoy anything anal, Um, really releasing some of that social stigma. It is just social taboos, and really just kind of separating that out and be like, no, I really want to learn about my body. This has nothing to do with anything about my sexual orientation. It just has to do with me and exploring my sexuality. It is, it is so powerful when you can really just, yeah, move that aside and really explore the male prostate, which is an incredible pleasure source for men. And it's just amazing to really be able to work with that as a new component of your sexuality and bring that in. What would you suggest uh, the woman in a man's life do to, to start working him in that direction, so to speak? What, what, what kind of process could she begin to break through that taboo? Well, I think um, the first thing is always information and communication. So just communicating um, you know, more in-depth about it. I think ignorance is, is the number one thing that really just kind of, you know, we start thinking this one particular thing, and then once we get more information, we're like, wow, I kind of 
I didn't know that actually. So I think there's, uh, I would say the first step would just to be getting information and suggesting it and just saying, you know, hey, this is something that I'm interested in exploring with you. Um, I know that this might be a sensitive topic or something that you might not want to explore. But really, I, this is something that I think would greatly enhance your pleasure and something that we can explore together. And, you know, why don't we try it, you know? And it's just like this feeling that we're going to just explore together. And, you know, it's not like a pressure kind of situation. And then just giving more information. Like, I heard this. I heard this is like that men can have a great orgasmic experiences through this. And it has nothing to do with sexual orientation. Mm. Um, so sometimes just giving that information can really be helpful. And, and being really, I, I really recommend people communicate, communicate, communicate. This yeah. is like the number one thing. And being transparent with your desires and your interests. And that transparency really helps you feel closer. And it could be really scary to communicate our needs and what we like and don't like or want to try. I recommend partners make a list of all the things that they want to try that they haven't before or that they want more of. And then swap lists and see what the other person wrote. And, um, you know, keep those lists and try some of the things on those lists and be like, wow. I'm surprised this is on your list. I had no idea. <laughs> so then you can really start to explore things that you wouldn't ordinarily before because you just didn't talk about it. I think it freaks people out, uh, in a, probably in a long-term relationship at that point, to actually discuss uh, the different sexual interests they may have. They, they feel their partner might be offended, uh, might look at them as sick. You know, all those things that go along with communicating, and, and it's, like you said, it's so important, and because it's, it's so bad that people who are in relationships feel that they can't discuss these issues with their partner. Yes, it's really sad, and it, and it really, you know, it, it, number one, it, it kind of estranges you from your, your partner a little bit, because you're, when you kind of are withholding desires, you know, that you really, and things that you want to explore from your partner, it, it creates a disconnect. And, you know, initially we, it's vulnerable to put yourself out there and say, look, I want to try this. And I don't know how you are going to feel about this. And I'm kind of scared to, to tell you about this, but I really want more openness around sexuality in our relationship. I really want to be able to explore. I really want to awaken in, into our sexuality together, you know, like, let's wake up, <laughs> you yeah. know, because oftentimes we get so routine, things become very routine and safe, and we're, we get scared to kind of push the edges a little bit and try things that might, you know, might push the envelope a little bit, and I recommend, the, when your intention is coming from a loving, heartfelt space, uh, then you really can, can really hold true to that, if you know that your intentions are good and it's all about connecting in a deeper way no matter what crazy things you're trying yeah. <laughs> you know then I really just you know encourage to just really release judgments suspend your judgments uh, and and really just know that a lot of our judgments about sexuality are are not even ours we're taking on what the culture has and we're taking on judgments from our culture so really to suspend judgment to really just feel like how do I really feel about this for myself and am I willing to just kind of release my judgments for the moment to just be open to any and all sexual possible sexual experience. Well, I think men in particular get kind of used to a certain way that they know pleases their partner and they go back to the well, so to speak, constantly, consistently, because they know that works. Mm -hmm. I think there's a fear factor, in particular with men. Do they step outside of what they've been doing? Do they try something different? Is their partner going to think, well, maybe he's cheating on me because all of a sudden he's trying a different technique? 
or you know I'm embarrassed by this. It, it, it's it's hard, especially if you have kids. Trust me on that one. It's it's difficult if you have you know kids, whether they're young or teenagers or what have you, to find that time and that privacy. Yeah, and I often encourage uh, couples, especially if they've been together for a long time, and even newer couples too, to really like to make dates to to make love or to have these exploratory sessions. Um, and the dates could be like two hours long or wherever, you know, or as much as like an entire evening if you can, you know, break away from the kids. Um, and really just creating a date, you have this, this date on the calendar. That's the date that we're going to to be sexual or have this like exploratory session or just see in the moment what we're in the mood for. Um, it might sound almost mechanical or strange, like sex should only just be in the moment when we just kind of spontaneously feel like it. I really do feel like that can definitely happen, and I encourage that as well. But it, when you really carve out these times, as if you would carve out time to watch a movie, you'd carve out time to make a date to go out to a certain event or a cocktail party. You know, make a date to be intimate with your partner. And maybe I would have a focus on this time she's going to be receiving, and, and we're going to go on this journey. I'm going to give her a nice full-body massage, and then we're going to start exploring uh, and she's going to just be receiving. She doesn't have to reciprocate. And then the next time we have our date, then he's just receiving. And, you know, we're getting to know what's called each, each other's erotic map. So um, getting to know one another's erotic map means that you're just trying different things. And then there's this freedom to communicate and say, well, I like, I like that, what you just did a second ago. I don't know if I'm crazy about what you're doing right now. Yeah. Or saying something like, oh, okay, I'm going to try moving my fingers this way to the left. How does that feel for you. Oh, cool. I didn't okay. even know that that was <laughs> that yeah. for me. I, I, we got five minutes left, and, and there's a type of orgasm that we missed uh, concerning women, and it's, it's kind of taboo, but it seems becoming more mainstream right now, and it's always known that, that maybe you know, the men enjoys this far greater than the woman does. You touched on an anal orgasm for a woman. Can you give us an idea how that works? Yeah, I mean, that, that can occur in many different ways, too. Um, I definitely recommend that if women are receiving some kind of anal stimulation or pleasure or intercourse, that they're also working with the clitoris and their G-spot as well simultaneously because all three of them are interconnected and really complement each other, too. So through the, oftentimes the process of stimulating all three simultaneously, um, that can lead into amazing you know, anal orgasmic experiences, there's a lot of nerve endings right there. It's, it's not, you know, a place that's just kind of like for show, you know, yeah. or for like a porn. It really does have a lot of sexual energy and orgasmic potential. And again, the societal taboos around that make it so that, you know, or just the connection with porn make it something like, oh, I don't want to try that, or it's going to just be painful. It's not, it doesn't not have to be painful at all. If you're just going slow and taking your time and making sure you know, it's well lubricated, and you're really just going slow. There's no rush. It can be such a pleasurable experience and definitely worthy of exploring with with a partner that's taking their time. How do you view pornography yourself? What, you, you fake, uh, mechanical? How do you see it? Well, I think it has its purpose. It, it, it's entertainment, and it's great for entertainment. So I have nothing against it. What I do have an issue with is that that's often the only tool that's available for people for sex education. And then people start to think of sex as a sort of mechanical or disconnected, non-heartfelt kind of experience. They just want to imitate what they see in porn. 
and, and they start losing this heart connection and they don't look at their partner in the eye or they're just all become very um, concerned with just the moves and certain techniques and then what gets lost is true intimacy. So I think they're great for entertainment but, but these educational DVDs about sexuality that I'm creating are great to explore and check out to really understand in a, in a real, more realistic, heartfelt way what sexuality can also look like. Give us your website again, talk about the DVDs, and I know that you have adult products, types, toys, and so forth for both men and women. Yeah, so uh, my website is squirtshop.com, and I also have information online products for men and women. My product for women is called squirtyourheartout.com, and my product for men is femaleliquidorgasm.com. Huh. And they can check out these online information step-by-step products that have videos and tutorials um, they can check out as well. And like I said, I'm available for coaching and counseling sessions too if you contact me through my website. And I'm here to help. I'm here to be a resource to people. I also just wanted to say too that my film, Divine Nectar, A Guide to Female Ejaculation, is available on my website uh, in the G shop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a G shop that has different various DVDs that are educational about this topic if if people want to know more. We got two minutes left. We're going to have to roll out of here. Tell me what the future is for Tallulah Solis. Mm, the future is just continuing to spread the word and help people, whether it's with sexual healing or just getting more information about sexuality. And ultimately, I just want to help empower both men and women about their sexuality and understand that they have unlimited sexual potential. That's excellent. Excellent. I appreciate that. You've done great on the show. I appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else? One more time with the website and the DVDs. Sure. The website is squirtshops.com, and the DVD uh, is Divine Nectar, A Guide to Female Ejaculation, and it's all about just tapping into your unlimited sexual potential without feeling pressure around it, just getting the information is really what's important. We have been talking to Tallulah Solis today about female ejaculation, but not this shit, not all of that. We've been talking about women, men, how to connect different types of orgasms for women. It was a full, full show. Tallulah, I appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thanks so much for having me, John. Thank you. Bye-bye.